We look at the news through a horror lens. We lens news through horror. We horror news. Lost at Home Podcast. My name is Scott. And I'm Jeremiah. And we are back for episode 357. Pew! Was, was that a gender reveal? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, just started a forest fire. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I was I was shooting a canister of a uh, a big uh, bucket of C4 that uh, was rigged to some uh, some some blue uh, uh, paint, and uh, turns it's out a boy. Tur- it's a boy, and boy howdy, is that forest on fire? Oh well. So anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Have uh, everybody's doing well? Did you uh, did you hear about the gender reveal where they dyed a like waterfall in yes. some area? They just it, polluted. You polluted all yeah. the waterways in the area. Oh, it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. People, first of all, nobody fucking cares. Like, no, just shut up. Just stop it. Your it's kid might you. grow up to be transgender too. Well, that's the other thing too. Is it's when it's considered a gender reveal party as far as opposed to a biological sex reveal party. I just, I'm never. I'm, I'm always just like you don't even know what gender that kid isn't yet because that's not up to you. So anyway, I, I you know that's pr- that's our that's our hippie liberal take on it's on pretty shit. cringe for the kid to think like at some point in the future like my parents ruined an ecosystem because I had a dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the patriarchy. You're always getting me in trouble. <laughs> the patriarchy for you. Screaming at his own dick. God, I wish the Democrats chopped you off like they promised you would. Come on. Go to a bar and be like, hey, baby, you want to see something that killed seven endangered species? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of these, we don't have polar bears anymore. <laughs> I call it the extinctorator. <laughs> what a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Extinctorator is kind of a cool word for something. It just is such a stupid word. Uh, Especially for a dick. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm going to put extinctorator as a potential. It could uh, be a potential title. title. Just because cause we are, uh, only because we are doing now, we will obviously still have plenty of stuff to, uh, to chat about uh, during this uh, review episode, but we are doing... A review episode for those of you who are not completely familiar with the show. We're not going to go into too much crazy stuff because we have lyrics and Scott's blurb to give you the, the rundown. But we have decided to shift the format a little bit. And uh, every other week we're going to do a, uh, a review episode. And uh, the weeks in between we are going to do web dropping complete episodes. Except for I'm lying because this time around uh, in order to make the holiday. Uh, uh, you are going to actually be bringing a Thanksgiving themed Horror movie to the table, if I recall. Next unless you, week. Yes, next week. So we're actually going to do two in, two in a row. So we're doing this uh, review episode next week. You're going to do that one just to get it in uh, under the holiday wire. And then we're going to go to the every other week schedule. And we're going to yep. do some Christmas uh, horror episodes in uh, the month of December, which is going to be pretty fun. Um, I already got a few... Uh, Few few movies picked out that I could. I'm probably gonna watch all of them. Just pick which one's the best, and then reverse engineer a story with it. But. I am so excited for Violent Night. Yeah, yeah. That that's my that's my Christmas horror movie. That's that's, that's, go. that's yeah, the was, one I'm going for. I was actually gonna ask. Uh, I was gonna uh, coordinate with you which one you were gonna pick, so I wouldn't. Well, it depends on when one, it comes but, out too. I don't, I, I don't remember I, the date. I think it's late in the month too, like the 15th or 16th. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I think regardless, you'll be you'll be going second anyway on that. Month. That's so also be, a major motion picture kind of thing. Yeah. Do you know if it's going to streaming? I don't know. I haven't actually. Uh, I haven't actually I'll have seen... to look that up because I may have to pick a new movie. If I, if I wanted to do that, I can't. Okay, I'm uh, not going to the. Theater. Well, there's there's definitely plenty out there, and Shutter has been dropping a few already. And uh, I know I noticed one on, was already popped up on like Screenbox recently. So, um, and actually speaking of Screenbox, I finally watched Terrifier two. It is absolutely bonkers. Definitely a very long movie. A very it is very unrated. And you know what? People are like, hey, you know the thing to do in horror movies. You know, uh, cut away and, and let the uh, let the audience do the work. This is like this goes back to seventies splatter, where they're like, we do not cut away for anything, nice. and we are going to make this comically violent. So it is comically gory. It is actually well well made. It's a, a, a big step in. Uh, I, I like the first one anyway. It was a big step in quality over the first one. I so barely remember psyched. the first one. I just remember my wife and I watched it, and we both walked away just kind of going meh. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It was. It was a pretty like. It was for. I would say for like, like a pure, like a really pure indie slasher. It was. It was pretty good because it like you would expect a movie like that with the no the zero budget and no like well known actors, which I mean happens a lot in, in horror. But that like it was it was well made for how indie it was. Um, of course, they had they had done like the All Halloween's All Hallows Eve movies, which was the original Art the Clown, you know, introduction. Anyway, but the um, but yeah, I, I remember uh, you know, thinking kind of mad with the first one. I mean, I enjoyed it like as a slasher. I rewatched it and I uh, actually enjoyed it more in the second um, sitting because I, I think may I have knew, to do I that what I expected. The second one, but the uh, but the second one is just it's. Um, it's very long. I had to watch it in two settings just because it is two hours and 20 minutes, and it is, yeah, which is the longest like traditional slasher movie ever. So a lot of it definitely gets all like, I, well, there's definitely no boring parts in it because it is just pure carnage uh, and, and just, again, comical carnage, like overdone to the point of just like you like trauma are- trauma level? Yeah, trauma, um, uh, I would say dead alive level. Uh, Peter Jackson's okay. dead alive. Okay. Very, very much in, in that vein of like, you know, uh, just where- just crazy scenes. No one has ever so topped much. that lawnmower scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And, and, no one and, has ever topped. Yeah. That. No. And they, 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 it's, it's, it's a different style in this one. But also, well, they the, tried doing it in the Hobbit. It just didn't play as well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lawnmowers. I don't think there are lawnmowers here. Uh, okay. We're gonna have to rewrite this. Um. But yeah. So I, I recommend it to anybody who really loves. I, I didn't. I was never on the verge of throwing up, but I'm also not the, you know, throwing up type. And obviously you and I are used to some pretty, you know, brutal shit as far as horror movies go. So I'm sure that was all a lot of hype. I'm sure some people did, but it wasn't like gross, like so gross out. It wasn't like people eating shit or anything like that. I think that. Human Centipede 2 is the closest I ever came to throwing up in a horror movie. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is it's not to, the first yeah, one, the second to, to me, To me, like, like really like violent blood, like there's some like, there's, there's like great... a hammered at teeth scene in that one, which got me. Oh yeah, there's some stuff like that in this one. There's a knife to dick scene that lasts way too long. Like, and I mean, like a close up of tear, like peeling the dick off and it's like stretching comically and then like getting rubbed against a window and shit like that. But it's okay. like, there's probably 30 stabs in the dick and close ups. There's a lot of like, just, they could have trimmed 20 Mostly of the minutes. Mostly dick stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> the whole movie. 200, <laughs> 220 minutes yeah. of dick stabbing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I, I watched that. It was on Screenbox. I, I finally decided that they've been kind of uh, knocking it out of the park. So I decided to give that a shot. Um. And uh, and then both of you on a non horror front uh, have watched the uh, Weird Al movie recently. And God, it's the best highly... comedy I've seen in forever. Oh, dude, it, I've I the um, the the guttural laughter like I was crying last laughing. night. Yeah, I was like like real laugh like real laugh out loud stuff. A lot of times it's you know laugh internally or laugh quietly stuff where I just couldn't help but just like roll on the floor yeah. laughing style laughing. Uh, he he fucking kills it. Uh, everybody in that movie kills it. And I'll see like the pool scene that people have probably already heard about that has like all the cameos where yeah. like Weird Al just I guess he just went to his Christmas card email list and just emailed everybody and was like, Can you just show up and we'll figure it just for like a half a day? Anybody who wants to show up, we'll figure out a character for you. Yep. And like a bunch of people Conan O'Brien showed up and played Andy Warhol. Like it was like the the crazy amount of people, uh Yorma Tacone um as the uh, as Pee Wee Herman. Um, a lot of great, a lot of great little cameos in there. I also really like the fact that they had Emo Phillips play somebody, which is funny because because the whole thing of, is that, that pool party is like, look at all these like ex eccentric people, you know, these eccentric people from the '80s and stuff. And Emo Phillips was himself, and except he could have just played himself and been the because he was he would have been in that kind of pool party scene, but instead he played somebody else. He yeah. was in the first UHF movie or the only UHF movie. Yeah. Anyway, there was uh, a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there, there I'm, could I'm, be now. I'm, I'm, do I'm, it. I'm surprised. Uh, well, no, we, we there can't be a sequel because we all do know from. Uh, well, I won't. I won't spoil anything. But we we get some bad news about Weird Al at the end of the movie about um, you know his untimely death, and uh, it's uh, a little bit. It's quite a bit hilarious. If anybody was going in expecting a serious biopic, well, you just don't know who Weird Al is. I don't know why you would expect. There's going to be a sequel to the Weird Al movie. Period. Anyway, because yeah. it's that ridiculous. They can just be like, "Yeah, eh, we're just doing it." Yeah. And they ended it like, <laughs> oh, they, they uh, had... Amish Paradise Age. He yes. won. He won awards for his music after that. Yes, and so I, we well, haven't even uh, yeah. entered his fame phase. He yet. actually like <laughs> like he got his like first like number one hit, even though they it's allude like to him. Two thousand eight, even something? though they allude to his him having multiple number one hits in this. Um, he he got his first number one hit yeah in the iTunes age, um, and it was uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm I I would love it if there was some more to, to happen. And I think they do end do it is... a little bit on that cliffhanger where they show that the, oh he could be he could be he could be yep could be around. So anyway, yeah. So there are a couple of little quick, uh, quick recommendations for folks. Um, that was our watch that, not that. Except we just said watch this, <laughs> watch, watch this, this yeah. watch this. 
Yeah, uh, I don't have any non recommendations. Everything I've watched recently has been actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, 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 I kind of just don't even bring non recommendations to the table I unless do, they're I, really bad. I was gonna say I do if I want to warn. Uh, yeah, people. exactly. Like, if I'm like, just if like, everyone's not what you expected for this movie, yeah, yeah I'd be like, no, no. Yeah, no. it'll still always be like, hey, make up your own mind. But if you, but if you're going in expecting what I was expecting, and uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't give you the, you know, yeah, the like, like if I watch Black Panther two and it came on air and it was terrible, I'd be like, yeah. Black Panther two yeah. gave me gout. There were only white. Panthers in there and it gave I you walk with a limp. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Only white panthers in it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Black panther. What about white panther? Yeah, exactly. Oh, when do we get a white panther movie? Yep. Oh man. White panthers matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, getting back uh, away from the extinctorator and uh, other things, um, I'm going to be talking about movies today. And uh, the first thing uh, we're, I'm going to talk about is the the story that is dri- that dri- drove my uh, movie choice, and this is the story that's been running around the the music sphere and the science sphere, and it's about a music chord that could offer relief from your nightmares. Ah, the brown chord. Yep, the old brown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, relief for your nightmares because <laughs> you have a waking nightmares who you wake up in your own feces, just rolling around in your own shit and go, oh god. I want to go back to bed and read about my entire family driving off a cliff and dying. Because when I woke up, I was covered in my own fucking shit. That's way worse. Yeah, that's right. It's nightmares, like, relative to waking life, your nightmares aren't that bad. That's yes. the way this works. Uh, but anyway, so this is, uh, the soothing note is a C69, not a C69. Um, that's why I put the little, uh, 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 the slash in there, even though that's, I don't even think it's technically correct in there, but just cause I was like, oh, you see, just didn't want to hear my childish giggle. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like, he's gonna, he's gonna be like 69. C69. Oh, I'd love to see 69s. Just show me some 69s. <laughs> anyway, um, that's a, that is a, for, uh, non-music uh, theory folks out there. That's a C major triad, which is C, E, and G with a six and a... Get out of there, cat. Sorry, my cat's scratching stuff. He's all hopped up on catnip. Um, so it's got a And six- cocaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he, he also took all my cocaine. So I'm going to be going through withdrawals about halfway through this episode and get real cranky real fast and just start lashing out at Scott. <laughs> what are you fucking doing? I know you're holding. I know you're holding. <laughs> crash, crash. In 20 minutes of just us fighting. Yeah. And then me like crying, be like, I got a problem, man. I got a problem. And you like patting me on the back, be like, we'll get you through this, man. Well, we'll go ahead. We'll get some calls made. And then like a whole intervention as family shows up because I forgot. Podcast to- is seven hours <laughs> I forgot to stop recording, yeah. and they're like, oh, shit, I'm still recording. Click, and for some reason, I edit it and post it that way. Probably because I'm going through withdrawals. Um, but anyway, so it's got a 6 and a 9 added on. So it's actually a C, E, and G with an A and a D added on. Um, uh, I, I was thinking about actually like playing one and recording it, but uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, the uh, the chord's healing, mostly because I want to get this uh, show up, because we're recording on the day we actually want to get yeah. it up. So I'm going to yeah. try to make this as, as minimal as possible. Um, although I actually, when I, I, I probably will, there is a point in the, in the movie later uh, that I'm going to talk about that I, I definitely have to play a clip of it. So I'm going okay. to dig up the clip um, uh, and, and do it. It'll be, it's worth it. Um, so anyway. Accord's healing properties have been revealed in research that was carried out at the University of Geneva, which suggests that uh, learning to associate the, the chord with more positive nightmare outcomes and then hearing it during sleep could lessen the number of nightmares experienced by those who frequently have them. The study Le- looked lessen but not reduce to zero. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> makes, See, I don't it, like that. I it, don't... It, it makes it. It, it, does, it didn't. Say, it says offers relief. Didn't say cures nightmares. I actually, I chose the the least. Clickbaity headline because so many are just like this chord cures nightmares. So this is more honest. This, yeah, this was actually from a. a, a oh, it's weird because the other ones were like faux wannabe like science sites, and I, the one that I found like the best write up on it was a music site called Music Radar, which is just just trying to usually sell me synthesizers. And you, you didn't go to FoxScienceLOL.com. <laughs> yeah, 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 and he just and I just went in there and said nightmares are a hoax. Yeah, and it's it's the devil who wants to make you uh, liberals. Liberals yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. Liberals are, are feeding you uh, transgender pills before bed, and they give you nightmares, and that's exactly how they give you straight nightmares to make you yeah. gay. Yeah, I, I think uh, who was I? What somebody we we both follow on Facebook had a had a good point, and I think they they probably I think it may have been taken from somebody else. So it's something like if uh, you know, not to get political or anything, but if Democrats uh, were really rigging elections, like we'd have like uh, universal health care, single payer health care, uh, clean water, and solar cars by now. And it's like, you know, if we were actually 
If, I they, mean, if, if, yeah. if anyone was rigging elections, you wouldn't have split tickets. Yeah, but yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that too. But, you know, that's when we bring logic into it, and that just yeah. doesn't work. But, uh, so anyway, this, this study looked at 36 nightmare sufferers who were divided into two groups. Both groups were treated with what's known as imagery rehearsal therapy, uh, which requires them to imagine alternate, uh, alternative and more positive outcomes for the recurring nightmares for between five and ten minutes a day for two weeks. This treatment has been shown to be effective in previous studies. One of the groups was also treated with the so-called targeted memory reactivation method, and this is where the piano cord comes in. Um, there's a, a Sophie Schwartz, full professor in the Department of Basic Neurosciences uh, at the Swiss Center for Effective Sciences. It's a really rolls off the tongue there. Um, <laughs> good, good marketing. Uh, naming your school. Scaz. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Scaz. I work for Scaz. Um, anyway, we asked. She said uh, we asked patients to imagine positive alternative scenarios to their nightmares. Um, and however, uh, one of the two groups, um, of patients did this exercise while a sound, a major piano chord, C69, was played every 10 seconds. The aim was for this sound to be associated with the imagined positive scenario. I mean, so that way you don't have to actively... Is that a high chord or a deep? Is it high pitch or deep? Uh, it would depend on which, whatever octave you're playing. So it's actually... You say, like, every 10 seconds hearing, like, doom, yeah. doom. You could switch it up. My guess would is... in my head, make more nightmares. Like, I'd yeah. be, like, I'd be having a picnic with actually, fucking, uh, Nixon, and all of a sudden... <laughs> Doom. Wait, how is and it? And the sky turns dark gray. Like, that would make it a nightmare. So, wait, picnic with Nixon is a dream, not a nightmare already. We don't know what I do on my free time. I mean, I guess picnic You've with Nixon. You've never seen my Nixon oh. room in my house. You've what seen my you? Star Wars room. <laughs> what do you like some? What do you like some chef? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got to do a great Nixon impersonation. I think that's all I got. Um, so yeah, the uh, so it's, it really depends. I'm guessing they probably played somewhere, some toward like middle C usually. You know, yeah, that's my right. thought. Because if or you do high. the deep end, like he, I did, literally would could change a good dream into a bad one just by setting the tone, like and, Jaws music. Well, and when, with this because it's got um, it's got a five and a six in it. It means it's got you know just it's something uh, separated by just a single like a a, a single interval, a single a single note. As a, it's not a. It's not a half step, so it's not quite as dissonant. But if you play it deep, it'll sound way more dissonant versus just a regular uh, major triad chord. Huh. So, you, but you play it up high, and it sounds kind of like twinkly and, and nice. And it's got, and it depends also on how you break the chord up and all that. But you could definitely play it low, and I'm guessing a totally different set of outcomes. Um, Extra nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the second group, and they fucking all killed yeah, themselves. They're just all <laughs> just shaking and twitching. <laughs> Yeah, well, we had the suicide group and the, uh, of course, the control group, which is just one we we just gave a placebo and didn't actually play a C chord at all, and uh, and of course the one that actually ended up happy. Looking back, we kind of do wish we had not had the suicide group, but you know, live and learn, live and learn. They signed their waivers, um, the old suicide waiver, classic science. Uh, science. Suicide waivers, yes. Yeah. We need people to test the suicide booth. <laughs> yeah. Will oh. I be okay after? Sign the waiver. Yeah, yeah sign, sign the, waiver, the waiver, and then I'll go ahead and tell you all about it. I mean, it. best case scenario, no. Yeah. You don't want to go back to the drawing board on yeah. the suicide booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> best case yeah. scenario, bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we did the job right, you will not be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess the worst case is when it yeah, doesn't work, but just horribly maims you, but you still signed a waiver. First first and the best joke from Futurama. Yep. Put the quarter yep. on the string in the suicide oh, God, to yep. get it back. Yeah, in, in, my, in my... Yes. Oh, my God. It's such... <laughs> Like, that's how you just know, like, immediately how clever that thing's going to be. Like, yep. yoink! Like, in a suicide booth. He's like, like sucker. About like, the machine that's going to kill him and he can't yep. spend the money after he's <laughs> yeah, dead. Yeah. But, I, suckers. I just, the, uh, and um, I, my favorite thing is at the very end, like, because there's all those, you know, saws and, and knives and shit that come out. And at the very end, there's, like, a little pause and then one quick knife that comes out and does, like, a turn and yeah. then comes back. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was just one last one where they just stab you and turn the blade and twist <laughs> twist the knife. Um, so, so wonderful. So, one of the best uh animated shows ever made um so anyway the tmr treatment continued with the patients who were receiving it were asleep when the c69 chord uh began uh with the c69 chord being played every 10 seconds through a headband each time the patient reached REM sleep and this way when the sound was then played again but now during sleep it was more likely to reactivate a positive memory in dreams said schwartz after three weeks participants in both groups were enjoying a decrease in the nightmare frequency but the uh, group that was given that TMR cord therapy, uh, the results were even more pronounced. Again, not down to zero, so boo science. Uh, members of the TMR group also had an increased number of positive dreams and woke up more often with erections and cum in their pants. That last part I made up. Not the positive dreams. I mean, parts. positive dreams. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. You're just like, well, the good, this is now called the, the cum cord. Play the C69, turns out. I mean... People, I guess I guess I should have let you make the joke. 
<laughs> could have kept it that way. You could have gone full, full circle with it. Ten minutes of giggles avoided. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, geez. Um, so, yeah. So, I chose a movie that I've actually already seen, but um, revisited. Um, I The reason I actually chose the story is because I'm like, oh, I love... I love movies about cursed music, and this obviously is the opposite of that. This is, you know, something, you know, uh, music having a positive effect, but it kind of made me think about music that's, you know, considered cursed or does has the opposite effect of that, that causes nightmares or that causes death. Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny? Oh, yeah, yeah, um... Cursed? Was that a cursed what, music what, movie? I, I know was, it's not horror. It's I, comedy. I don't know if it was because it wasn't really about a cursed piece of music as, as much as it was. Because actually, I specifically left out like Devil's Duels and and you know Devil Goes Down Spiria? to Georgia type stuff. But um, so there there are um, that is a musical movie, but I don't think the yeah, music is cursed. Exactly. Yeah. So I left the ones out. Fine line. Because yeah, I because there's actually a couple more I thought about like uh, what is it, the 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 perfection I really liked, but I was like, oh, that's just about music, and, and it's not really, and it's about people like devolving uh because of their you know desire to you know outdo one another in, El, in El, music, the elvis but... biopic i mean that killed that motherfucker yeah that's right if he yeah. hadn't had music in his life well he'd still be alive today yep <laughs> 116 <laughs> <laughs> definitely still alive so i chose i chose a, a movie that very much uh fits um this that I had already seen before, but was kind of looking forward to watching again. This is like, because I remember really uh, enjoying it in its badness, um, and that's those make for fun times when, uh, when making this show. I have not seen this movie. Yeah, it's Paganini Horror, um, and it is uh, available on Tubi or Plex, free with ads. I'm glad uh, I keep both those apps around. Yeah, they're, oh, dude, I mean, first, Tubi is still, like, hard to beat for their, their uh, like, just the scope of their crazy amounts of horror on that. Yep. And Plex is actually... Like right up there, right up there too. too. Yeah, and the thing about uh, and Amazon Prime, weirdly, although that's been diminishing, yes. they yeah. haven't gotten a lot of. New but I, but stuff. I still like I'll find some stuff on there occasionally, like because I, there's so much stuff on there that it's hard and it's not quite as like Tubi's really good, like really browse friendly through the stuff. They seem to do pretty well with their browsing. I just and find they so added much one of those stuff. catalogs of actors and directors and shit to it. I think today. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, basically, like what Amazon has, where you can pause yeah. it and like I guess look at all the people in it. That's and, sweet. Yeah. I didn't look into it too deep, but it's a but, new feature. But, but like Prime, like uh, with Amazon, I'll watch something and then I'll go down and check it, you know, like the recommendations, and that's where I'll find a lot. Also, it's it's tough with Prime because half of them are things they're trying to get you to rent or buy, as opposed to yeah, it's Tubi. really annoying. Yeah, I, I, I wish there was just an easy filter on the at there, least the app. There's that a I row have. somewhere that it lets you look for just free stuff, but yes. it doesn't divide it down by genre. Then it's just yes. everything that's free. Yeah, yeah. I, I need like additional filters, and I'm sure like on the website it's probably easier to do or whatever. But like, yeah, you know, not, on, on they're the not going to give you a button. The blocks paid things because yeah oh yeah it's Amazon oh yeah I'm sure this is by design like I know I know I from doing development how not difficult applying filters to shit is it's pretty one oh one where you just throw a bunch of stuff at it when so. you hear a boring horror thing about Amazon I'd love to I've been opting to get my packages when it's convenient for Amazon not when I actually want them because yes, two yeah. day prime shipping's bullshit now yeah, I know it, 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 they pretty much only send it to you uh, when it's convenient for them anyway yeah so I, I opt for whatever's most convenient you get like a dollar off digital versus? about yeah, yeah it's dollar sometimes two okay yeah and I save them up and then I just buy horror movies that I want yep. with those and throw them into my catalog I, that's what I was movies. that's what I was doing with uh, Kindle books for a while I like almost every time mm-hmm. unless it was something I actually needed and that was even with two day shipping when it was like real I would just do that and occasionally I'd yeah have Ten of them saved up and be yeah. able to get myself a new uh, Kindle. I bought, I bought Trick or Treat the other day just oh, nice. off of their money and a sale they had, which made it six bucks for uh, HD. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that uh, we were talking about this recently that uh, Krampus did show up on like Peacock or something like that recently. The it's, new version? Uh, maybe not the new version, but... Because I want the one that's got like 20 extra minutes of footage. Oh, yeah. No, definitely not that one. Yeah. It's that, the... Yeah, I'm sure not that one, but yeah. What we, is that one? The Crystal Knock version? Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely not it. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, the, the, that one you've got to like buy on Blu-ray, I think. The like, 20 minute one. Yeah, it's now. the director's cut. I yeah. forgot. What, it's got a different name too. It's Well, it says Krampus, but it's got like another yeah, title yeah. attached to it. Yeah. Like, no, that, blah, one, blah, blah, that blah, one I'm pretty version. sure is like legit, just a, just a like physical copy kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, I, but, need, I need that. Yeah. Yeah. That one would be nice to see. I have seen that director's cut version so um but yeah so the the synopsis of uh oh yeah so directed by luigi cozzi um uh, as lewis coates this is one of those pretending to not be italian trying to like pass them off as like an 80s slasher luigi became lewis lewis coates yes you know like there's it's funny looking at the <sighs> uh also known as uh listings for all these italian directors in the 70s because they just change their names all the time, and if they were doing like a movie in the United States and they wanted to come across like as a, like a, a, essentially pretend that they're an American production, yeah, they would just be like, "Oh yeah, Lewis Coates." Well, yeah, it's got to be, got to be, definitely. Um, 
But yeah, so this huh. is uh, when a female rock band uses an infamous old piece of sheet music to record their new album in an old mansion, they accidentally open a portal to hell. First of all, I actually don't know if they opened a portal to hell. I couldn't really find that so much. I guess, actually, I guess technically they did because they do reference um, uh, Paganini going to hell and somebody else being dragged to hell earlier in the movie. So I guess they technically open a portal to hell. But like, Satan doesn't come out or anything. It's just this, this uh, uh, composer, Paganini. By the way, none of this is actually based on anything real from Paganini because there's a lot of shit in here. It's just like, yeah, Paganini murdered his bride one night in this mansion. And I looked him up. I don't think that was true. And I, lo- I looked it up. <laughs> so like, just like a lot of rights with a real person. Is it, but yeah, just a, somebody who died in the 1800s. So it's like, I mean, there was like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. So we yeah, can oh, change yeah. history. Oh, yeah, of course. Feel like exactly. It, as long as long as you know, you let, you know, you're, you're not really reporting it to be a documentary or something. Even then, I think you can still get away with a lot of it. Just be like, or was he? You know, just, to oh, just ask Tucker Carlson, Tucker the whole Carlson, thing. the whole thing. Um, oh, I want to write a movie where it's all non-declarative statements. Yeah, <laughs> the whole movie is just people <laughs> asking each other questions, like, "Do you want to go get lunch? What even is lunch? Yeah, what even <laughs> is lunch? Well, actually, I mean, you you pretty much just explained how uh, the entirety of Ancient Aliens gets away yeah, with their shit. Yeah. I, I love watching Ancient but, Aliens because it's so ridiculous, but all yeah. of it is just like Did the aliens could, build the pyramids. Yeah, could the aliens have? Like, there's absolutely well, we'd no first evidence. First, have to look at the stones. They weigh a thousand pounds. Could people now lift it? Yes. Could they then? Maybe. Most likely. But did aliens? Maybe they did. Maybe they Was also it aliens? Did. No, like I just—it's always the, questions. It's, always. No, because it's it's the leaps in conclusions they make based on, like that. Their questions are kind of purporting to where it's it's like oh yeah, where, the where question like, uh, oh. one question can lead to another yeah. more bold question, yeah. but they never like, answer them because of the, yeah, it's like how did they yeah how did they lift those stones? Could it have been aliens? I'm like, there's a lot of stuff in between there before you get to aliens. You know, like could it have levers, been levers, pulleys? <laughs> <laughs> well, could those levers and pulleys have been they gifted rolled to them us? on logs? By aliens? Alien logs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I guess what we've learned here is trees are aliens? Yeah. <laughs> See that upward inflection? This is not a statement. This is a question. Um, so, yeah, just a real quick uh, synopsis. Um, band is at a recording studio playing their new track. The manager says they need something fresher. Uh, they can't release the track um, that they're recording. So they're like, um, uh, you know, like, oh, you know, they get a little bit of a tiff. Uh, and the drummer goes out and meets a shady man on the bench. Don't explain why this person, how this drummer knows to go meet the shady guy with a briefcase with a, uh, a, a piece, nope, <laughs> with a piece of cursed music in it. Um, because he's like, you know what will help this band? A piece of cursed music. And I don't know if he knew for sure that it was cursed, but he should have known when he was handed the briefcase and the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, combination to get into it was six, six, six. Cause yeah, I gave it to him turned into a cloud of bats. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely very shady. Like it, like a, of like, a, I don't think I want to go through this transaction. Um, but anyway, so the drummer goes back and performs it. He turns out he's also a gifted pianist. And the band decides it's okay to use the composition because it's public domain and the piece was never released and it was written for use for some kind of sect or something. But how could it be public domain if it was never released? Well, it was written. It was it was never uh, recorded. Doesn't that have to enter I'm the sorry, domain yeah. to then enter public domain? Well, well, the, the, the funny thing about that is it's... Um, so, I mean, the fact that it was... it was never recorded, but it was like... It was the 1700s. It wouldn't have been recorded anyway, so... It officially never released doesn't make any sense because I guess what they mean is maybe nobody else knows about it so therefore even though it's it's Paganini's it's it's older than X number of times but yeah you're you're right I guess it was I mean but I guess either way it wouldn't have, have been copywritten that way anyway. I might want to google that after just find out if, if a piece of music can be technically in the public domain if it was never in the private domain well I mean I guess if if because I yeah because how it's like because essentially what happens with the public domain, first of all, there was no domain back then anyway. There was no rights to copyright anything. That's just by default, you know, something over a certain number of years I anyway. if there were issues with that back then, though. Like, like I don't know, but Beethoven creates his new symphony. And then, like, he goes into a bar that night and here's some fucking guy in the corner getting, butchering money, getting money thrown at him, but butchering it and yeah. still playing it, oh, yeah. but a butchered version. Yeah, he's and be like, that's my music. Like, pr- prove it. There's no copyrights. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it is. It's, yeah. But so a lot I'm of people curious. get stabbed in the alleys after bar performances because, just because, because someone found out. Because right now, if I were to like, you know, release something, never copyright it, and somebody did something with it, 
and I never pressed charges, there wouldn't be any, they wouldn't be breaking any, like, legal, nothing legal, because even if they did uh, do that and I wanted to press charges, I would then have to prove that it was actually mine to, to like, for that to happen. So I'm guessing either way, either way, when it's something super old, it's not going to have a problem. But the, it is funny that they mentioned it was never released because it was like, well, it was never recorded, like, and clearly other people have known this as existed. Yeah, also, it's never recorded. Of course it was never released. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah of course. So anyway, um, but they also, uh, it turns out, like, it was written for the use in, in some kind of sect or something, you know, some kind of occult uh, purpose. So yeah, we could definitely use this. Um, they decided to create a music video in a house that so happens to be the place where the Paganini murder, uh, Paganini murdered his bride. Again, purely fictional. Didn't actually happen in real life. They hire a horror movie director. Uh, meanwhile, the man that sold the piece of music invokes a curse, uh, apparently brings Paganini back to life to kill again. Um, again, this is a work of fiction. Paganini never truly murdered. Random musician just like, ah, he's a monster. Yeah, he never murdered anybody. Don't don't bring him back. He'll kill you. Why? Yeah. Doesn't even know me. Yeah, he apparently Maybe his wife fucking deserved it. Murdered his wife, (laughs) sold his soul for music. Who knows? Yeah. We we don't know the wife. We don't know the relationship. She she might have deserved it. Well, and and the the thing about this is just too. He comes back and he's just super nice. He's like, like, yeah, I killed that that one bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That was kill us? No, I'm no. actually a pretty decent guy. It was a heat yeah. of passion kind of thing. Well, one of the best, uh, you know, I caught uh, her with nine dicks in her at once. I'm one of the best violinists uh, uh, to have ever lived. You guys want to like hear something? No, I was really kind of hoping you were going to murder people. Uh, but yeah, so murder does. Daddy, if you have nine dicks in you, <laughs> and are in a committed yeah. relationship with me, no, I didn't think so. Well, we could start Paganini that right now. Out, yeah. <laughs> just drops just an invisible mic, even though he doesn't know what those yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just dropped the mic. Well, no, this I usually just dropped violins. Yeah, I dropped back violin. <laughs> you should have heard the the. That was a Stradivarius. Um, Went through those like tissues. Yeah, back maybe in that's the day. why my wife left me for nine other dicks. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, murder does ensue. It's determined that the music must be played backwards to lift the curse, but they are unable to do so before the sheet music self-destructs, leaving them all doomed. Like to Mission hell. Impossible. So yes, exactly. Um, deaths: nine total, six female, three male, two human males, and one ghost. Wait, um, they killed a ghost? Well, Paganini. They get they get oh, him to dissolve. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Um, he dissolves. Uh, I was like, damn, he's a badass. He kills a kid, and a ghost comes over and's like, yeah, look yeah, out, he's gonna kill you too. Stabs the oh, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there is uh, one electrocution by hairdryer, three stabbings, two by violin, one by dagger, one burning in a car crash, one infection by fungus, one crushing by invisible wall, one dragging to hell by Satan, and one dissolution by sunlight. I'm going to give you... Killed by fungus? One person died because of America's bad healthcare system? Y- yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and actually, probably Italian's bad healthcare system, pretending to be America's bad healthcare system in the day. Um, so yeah, so a mother's murdered when her daughter, uh, this is some of the detail, tosses a hairdryer in the tub. Um, this is after the girl plays a piece of Paganini's music in the same mansion the band records their album. The bass player Rita is murdered by the reincarnated Paganini. Uh, drummer Daniel follows the sexy ghost Rita into a room and is, by, is murdered by Paganini. The director Mark and guitarist Elena opt to leave, but their car hits an invisible barrier. Elena is thrown from the car, but Mark is engulfed in flames and dies. Elena is found covered in blood and fungus. Um, there's actually a funny uh, little follow-up to that blood and fungus part. Lavinia is electrocuted to death, uh, uh, is electrocuted by the sheet music, then trapped behind an invisible wall, then crushed to death by the wall. Um, and Sylvia, which is uh, technically the, uh, the second death in the movie, um, she was the little girl who tossed the hairdryer in the tub. Uh, you find out she was apparently dragged to hell by Satan in the first scene, um, and uh, we didn't actually know that was her until the end. Paganini dissolves in the sunlight, and the survivor, last girl is anticlimactically stabbed after presuming she was okay and ready to leave at the end. Some guy's like, not so fast, stab. Um, my highlights of this movie, the music, very fitting of the time. The first song bears a striking resemblance in its chorus to You Give Love, A Bad Name, mixed with Living on a Prayer, um, both by Bon Jovi. Um, I am going to play a clip of that. Um, actually, I'm going to go ahead and just pause right now and play you that right now.
So yeah, that was, uh, uh, if you just listened, I mean, you probably heard it immediately that it was definitely uh, a combination of those two songs, both by Bon Jovi. Um, now, to their credit, the manager did call that song, that was the song at the beginning they played, that they're like, you can't release this song, it's trash. Uh, they call, she called it Rehashed Bullshit, which is key to the premise of the entire you know movie, them looking for something new. Um, so it's kind of funny that they... I, mean, I don't know if they sounds like Bon Jovi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they just call it rehash bullshit, which is like, okay, I, maybe I can get, the, I, I can let them get away with the fact that it's very clearly a combination, uh, a musical portmanteau, if you will. Briefcase uh, that holds a piece of music has a combination of six six six. Mentioned that, uh, very worth noting um, for uh, for us uh, uh, us perverts out there. Uh, the sexy '80s rocker babe outfits are very very nice, um, very very fitting of the time. But also, you know, there's not really, this isn't really one of those skin flicks or anything, but um, they, they do, but they do, they do very well with it. Um, very clear lack of any music ability by the actors as they opt for plenty of close-ups of the bass and guitar while they're quote unquote playing in the video. They're just and, moving their and hands And it's just literally like, ba- like barely. I mean, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 like moving their hands like up and down, like, like, no, like not even pretending to move their fingers. Like, oh, okay. If you don't know, they're not hitting those notes or like, not like... Seriously, just like guy's got his guitar upside down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Literally holding the neck down by his waist. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, crazy. Um, so the, the, the very one of those the, inverted basses. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got to have one of those. Um, you like playing yeah electric like a stand up yep. bass. Do 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 do. Um, so the thing I found the funniest here is that when the uh, the girl is um, found with fungus on her, the manager is apparently an 18th century fungus expert. She's got like she's immediately like um oh that's fungus that was present in the 18th century logs used to make Stradivarius violins. Wow. This is a this is a rock and roll manager who somehow managed to just be like, "Oh, I just also happen to know a lot about 18th century logs used to make Stradivarius violins." Um and I will say this the uh Invisible crushing scene is actually pretty brutal. Uh, it's anxiety inducing because they, they kind of just use a pane of, of glass against the woman and they like kind of like have close up and they push on it so you can see their face all smushing. Okay. So it seems like she's getting I was uh, wondering killed how they by some that. invisible barrier. And then, of course, they have some like blood coming out of it and you, of the sound effects of the, the crushing. What about Very the cool. car? Like, does the car just impact on nothing? Yeah. Uh, the, I don't, I can't remember like actually how they showed that. I think it was, uh, it may have been an off screen kind of thing. Um, but there, there was some like, Pretty good, cheesy, late 80s, quote-unquote, special effects. There's some, I mean, there's some good practical effects, um, as there are in some of these movies. But um, it actually turned out the, uh, like, apparently there was some uh, more gory scenes that Katsi wanted to put into this. Um, and I love those Italians. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, he just wanted to make it like a good old Italian fucking splatter flick. And uh, unfortunately, the budget uh, did not allow for it. So he had to cut way back on that and do a lot of those weird off-screen kind of things. And there's one scene where the person apparently gets stabbed... Uh, and killed by Paganini, and then it falls down, and there's like a slight cut on his forehead, like trickling a little bit of blood. I'm like, I don't think that killed him. Um, <laughs> so it's not a good movie by any measure, but like so many uh, Italian movies of that age, uh, I thought it was, you know, it's very beautifully shot and lit. Like a lot of the uh, those Italians put a lot of work into their crappy movies, which actually make them really nice. And then sometimes, you know, like the the Argentos and Bavas put work into what you know are great movies, but a lot of them put that same level of cinematography and stuff yep. into these kind of seemingly you know a lot of those like good like foggy, smoky scenes and like light that doesn't make any sense like in context, but it just looks beautiful. So it's uh, it's it's well shot, and um, some of uh, it was actually um, uh, a an original idea of Kotzi's uh, his original vision was to have it take place in a haunted house where time fluctuates. Um, he also wanted to be much more gory, as I mentioned. Um, but he was unfortunately like forced to rewrite a lot of it. And even him, like he was reportedly, did not like the movie by the time it was released. But pretty much like, yeah, I showed up with this vision and they butchered it uh, and told me I couldn't do what I was supposed to do. Handed me a camera and said, like, get this shot in a week. And he's like, nobody could have. And they just handed me this like completely gutted script. And gotcha. he kind of had to do what he that had to do sucks. with it. So yeah, to uh, to end the end the show here. Oh, oh, actually, okay. So I actually wanted to uh, uh, recommend some uh, additional cursed music horror movies. Um, one of them I actually haven't seen, so I can't necessarily technically recommend it. But I, I wanted to watch it uh, before uh, recording this. So I haven't had a chance yet, uh, but I'm going to. It's got like a mediocre rating on IMDb. That that doesn't really matter too much. And again, I'm a sucker for the cursed music horror movies. Um, but the first one is Nocturne on Amazon Prime. Uh, I gave this one a three and a half out of five when I saw it. I thought it was quite good. Um, Sonata, the Sonata is on Tubi, Plex, and Crackle. I haven't seen that one yet. 
Um, Lords of Salem. Um, that's on Roku. Uh, I saw that recently. Tubi and I Pluto TV. Um, I actually, I'm I'm in a, a, a wide minority in no, finding that as being yet. best of uh, one of one of my favorites of uh, Rob Zombie's movies. But it's also a lot of people consider it like one of their least favorites because it is it's just so much different. All it's it's like it's not like all brutal with a bunch of violence and crazy gore and stuff like that. And it's not about like crazy killers. It's like Coven of Witches and a piece of cursed music, kind of a slow burn. So it has Sherry Moon Zombie in it, of course, as they are are all want. I to think do. I decided to, we hadn't seen it, my wife and I, and that we were going to during Halloween month, and we didn't. Get it's to it's it. it's. I mean, I really liked it. I think I'm like a lot of, but again, I'm a sucker for the cursed music. So this is like there's us like I think with like a DJ got this old um, um, piece of like old record in the mail and. You know, it had some creepy shit on it anyway. Um, uh, now, uh, let's see. There's a segment for the movie on Allegoria on Shudder. Um, I gave the entire movie three out of five, uh, but there's a segment there. This, uh, Allegoria was like a 75-minute anthology movie, um, kind of thematically linked by um, different artists and different things going on, and it kind of circles around on itself and connects. It was, actually wasn't a terrible movie. I watched it uh, over the Halloween month, and there was one about um, a piece of music, like just this chord sequence that caused people to like fucking go nuts. Um, was actually pretty cool. And uh, Dead Wax, um, which is a Shutter original series, but it really essentially is a, a movie length they chopped into little mm-hmm. bits and pieces. I can't remember if you ever watched that, but it does feature... So, no. It does have an appearance by former uh, Lost at Home guest, Ted Raimi, in it. Nice. Um, and that's a Shutter exclusive. Uh, and then my absolute favorite of all of these, uh, White Melody of the Curse, or Melody of Death. Um, the only way I was able to... Why, this was actually came from uh, um, my... Sister Crystal uh, recommended this to me. Actually, I think I may have actually reached out to her about it, and she was like, "Oh crap! I actually I have seen that. It's one of my favorites." Um, so I bought her a. Um, she has a region free DVD player. So the only way I found a copy was a region three DVD ordered from South Korea that I ordered right before the pandemic. So it took about four months to get here or something <laughs> like that because it was like it was like I ordered it in late 2019, like November 2019 for her birthday, and it was like, "Oh, by the way, it's showing up at some point." And then they're like. No, it's not. Um, Just sat on the docks in a shipping container full of other Region yeah. 3 DVDs. Yep, exactly. They're like, what do you mean this isn't essential? Yeah. <laughs> I can't watch White Melody of the Curse with my sister on a re- Region 3 DVD player? Then uh, I but, don't want to live. But that, that's a, the thing I like about that is it's, uh, it's, so it's, um, it's K-pop. So it's, like the, it's, it's got this really cool, like, sweet... Uh, God, probably 2011-ish or something like that, okay. I think. Okay, not um, that old. Yeah, yeah, it's a de- about a decade old. It's, 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 so it's like modern K-pop style so there's real cutesy k-poppy type stuff and it's got the the uh the, the band is you know pretty cool and all that kind of stuff they just have some good poppy music so people can find their uh, get their hands on it uh, it has popped up online from time to time in like two parts on feels um, like youtube, YouTube stuff. i was gonna say it feels like a yeah. youtube watch and so what ended up happening is when i was looking all around for i we found uh somebody had posted both parts on youtube but the first one had been uh, removed, but the second one not. I'm guessing they're like, oh, if we remove the first one, uh-huh. people just it it does all the work without us having a copyright strike. Another one. Um, so yeah, so watch, unfortunately, just watch part two twice. Yeah, exactly. It's the same exact thing. It's like that with every, any movie. Yeah, you just, you just watch, watch the, the second, second part twice. twice. It's way more fun. You don't have to worry about all that build up of understanding <laughs> what the story is. You just get to watch all the the cool shit. Hey, if it was well written enough, we'd we'd understand everything going in blind halfway through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I should be able to drop into it, know exactly what's going on yep. because there's exposition every twenty minutes explaining what just happened in the first half of the movie. Every twenty minutes. <laughs> oh man, it's too bad that we had to go up to old man. <laughs> Jenkins place and we got caught in that haunted house and they ran us around and then tied our friend up and murdered them and then brought the devil back. Oh Sounds yeah. like your average Scooby-Doo episode. I've been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a Scooby-Doo episode. Um, I've been watching a lot of Scooby-Doo. Like all the, everything I Scooby-Doo. The, I watched the Courage, the Cowardly Dog mashup. Oh, that's pretty good. That was uh, good. That was um, good. Um, I yeah, want to see the new one that all the Republicans hate. Oh yeah, the, the... Where, where everyone's gay and there's like no dog. Oh yeah, that's right. They, just, they, <laughs> they chop Scooby Doo's dick off, and make him into a woman. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not a female dog, a woman, a human woman. Yep. Because that's what all, Democrats want to do. All the all the adult cast who are now gay use litter boxes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They're all gay furries. Oh man. Um, yep. I uh, yeah. That, that's uh, but I, I was actually watching one. It was like a one I didn't realize there's on HBO is everything um, yeah. Scooby Doo, every Scooby Doo like ever made. 
And uh, so they've got all the ones from the different eras, including like the, the ones that kind of pop back up in like 90s, 2000s. And then they've got all the Lego Scooby-Doo's. And I was like, I'm going to watch one of the more recent Lego Scooby-Doo's. And because uh, it was like the Halloween one during Halloween month. And I like kind of like was it was sort of like while well, I was like conking out on the couch a little bit, something like that, maybe ate a gummy or something. And I was like, this will be fun. And uh, woke up to a very um, uh, recognizable voice. And uh, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, was playing a character ah. essentially herself in Lego form, but with a different... Uh, you know, a slightly different name that wasn't exactly hers. But uh, did and, they uh, keep the boobs in yes, Lego? Yes, the square, <laughs> just, like big square boobs. Okay, uh, okay. honestly, yeah, yeah, she was pretty. She was a pretty hot Lego chick. I was curious uh, if they would go that far, or if it would just be like you know a regular yeah. Lego body. I mean, they are they are with, with like cleavage yeah. drawn on. Yeah, they're choking hazard boobs, but you know yeah. they are boobs nonetheless. <laughs> choking hazard yeah. boobs. Yeah, she got them choking hazard titties. Um... <laughs> That's a that's a rap song. That's now. a song. That's yeah. a song if I ever fucking heard it. And speaking of songs you fucking heard, um, I just got a couple of real cursed music legends. Again, a lot of the uh, legends around cursed stuff is like so and so sold her soul to the devil or something like that. And I wanted specifically cursed pieces of music. Um, this one is more of uh, uh, surrounding a like an entire musical uh, not motif, but uh, as opposed to a specific piece, the uh, entire idea of the Ninth Symphony Curse. Um, the Curse of the Ninth Symphony, it's a superstition um, connected with uh, classical music, and it's the belief that a Ninth Symphony is destined to be a composer's last, and that the composer will be fated to die while or after writing it or before completing a tenth. Beethoven and Schubert died before or while writing their tenth I like, symphonies. I like as you added caveats to that, it's like, anyone will die before the, uh, with the Ninth Symphony. Or shortly after yeah. writing it. Or maybe or while making number 10. Yeah. Or, or shortly after, before making, <laughs> after making number 10, but thinking about maybe releasing it and playing it. Some might even die at 11. Yeah. But <laughs> it's the curse of nine. But we're just going to love them all in the curse of nine. Any classical composer that's ever died has died, <laughs> including, you know, all the ones died from tu- tuberculosis. That was the curse of the ninth symphony upon them. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just like to make that curse work. You just you get to add layers of oh, nuance, and and, and, <laughs> I will, and I'll actually get to that with some of the uh, counter examples at the end here. Uh, but uh, so Gustav Mahler started the idea of it being cursed, um, and because of uh, Beethoven and Schubert before him. But he thought he had beaten <clears> the curse after he wrote his Ninth Symphony, but he died before his tenth was complete. So him kind of creating this idea of a curse, thinking he beat it and then not beating it kind of then made the curse spiral kind of like into history that way so there's probably a much easier solution to this most people probably started writing music when they were say 17 it takes them five years to do each five times nine oh, is no, 45 exactly. add that to 17 yes that's the average expectancy of someone living at that point that in history period. no my my thought exactly was just was works just like, out yes i, I was like 10 symphonies is a lot of symphonies. There's only like a handful of, uh, I think there's like 24 composers that either got two writing theirs or got, uh, or wrote a 10th. You know, you know, I hear social security is cursed. A lot of people, once they start getting it, just start fucking <laughs> dropping start, like flies. They start dro- Dude, you don't, don't want to collect it. that social security. Don't get it. It'll fucking kill you. Yeah, within 20 years, between one and 20 years <laughs> yeah. after getting it, you will die. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the it's, level it, of logic. No, it, here. exactly. As the first, as I was reading this, I'm like, well, this is symphony. It takes forever to make symphonies. A Ooh, lot of a lot of people made like five, you know, and they the died. Curse Ninth Symphony and Social Security. Yeah, he's like, well, well, don't do one or the other. They'll get you. He died of the Curse of the Ninth Symphony at 106 years old. <laughs> George Burns's Curse of the Ninth Symphony. Um, but other other composer uh, composers, uh, Ralph Vaughan Williams, uh, Kurt At- Kat- Kurt Atterberg. Uh, David Manslanka, Vincent Perchietti, um, Alfred Schnickty, Roger Sessions, Eli Siegermeister. Uh, that said, there are dozens of counterexamples of composers that have, in fact, successfully finished their 10 symphonies. So, as you noted, more there's than a lot the of ones who died, probably. Considerably. I le- they're probably three to one. Three one, to one, one four to one. One percent of all died around the ninth, and they're like, it's cursed. I mean, I guess if you, if you take it that way, uh, it looks like probably about 25% of the people who ever started on a 10th symphony or, or got done a ninth symphony died before so, completing their 10th. But again, they're probably all, if I looked them up, I bet. Most of them are over 70 years old in the 1800s. I would also say that writing your ninth slash 10th symphony is going to keep you alive since 75% of people who do it keep going. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, right? That would, like, if you actually look at the, that. Look at the good odds. Yeah. Like, writing your ninth sympathy is going to keep you alive yeah. longer. Like, you don't need social security. You just have to write. <laughs> you just have to write. Don't symphonies. collect that social security. Do write your symphonies. <laughs> okay, but the other thing too is uh, I, I'm sure there's like a definition for what constitutes a symphony, but no, nothing says a symphony has to be good. Um, so I'm just going to write 
10 symphonies tonight and break the curse or prove that it exists because if tomorrow come come tomorrow after uh, finishing my ninth and working on my 10th, I die. Well, that's a different story. Um, so the last one I want to break the table, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on because if people want to go through every single episode we've ever played, we've ever made, uh, they'll find us talking about this at some point in history. That being said, we have... Us? We are Yes. Us uh, too? Uh, gloomy, gloomy Sunday. We've covered Gloomy Sunday, a.k.a. the Hungarian suicide song. Gloomy, gloomy Sunday. That's the one. Gloomy, gloomy, gloomy Sunday. Gloomy, gloomy Sunday. Gloomy, yeah, yeah. gloomy. So, so gloomy. gloomy. That's it. I'm it's, so it's gloomy. It's very unoriginal. <laughs> my room is so roomy. And my mommy, she is a mummy. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> gloomy, <laughs> gloomy Sunday. Yeah, that's the song. Um, so yeah, we, we covered it in a much earlier episode. It's known as the Hungarian a, Suicide Song. Actually, if you're doing the song Gloomy Sunday, it has to have a chorus where it's like, kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill your mom, your brother, and yourself. Murder, 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 suicide. Murder, 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 these people are dying because of this one song. It must be cursed. Literally, it's like, put some baking soda and so it tells you the instructions for making poisons. It's, well, I mean... So Sharpen the, that knife. Don't want it to be dull. The, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, I mean. Yeah, okay, so just, it's basically 10 minutes of instructions for suicide. The, well, the original, um, yeah, yeah, no wonder it's cursed. But actually, you're not too far off because, I mean, it's not exactly that. So there were, um, uh, lyrics to this in the second iteration, which became the most famous, that did reference suicide, people killing themselves and stuff. By the way, this was originally published in 1933, and it was not a great time for anybody, especially Hungarians. Um, so... There's um, the recurring urban legend claims that many people have committed suicide while listening to the song, particularly Hungarians, famously recorded by uh, English by Billie Holiday. That's the one that uh, most people here probably know. Um, BBC. Even That's band- what I listen to every Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gather round. No <laughs> presents this year. What? Because it's gloomy Sunday at all. <laughs> Let's come on. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is how you kill yourself, little Tommy. Oh, what do you open that present up? What's that? It's a suicide kit from Amazon. Call back. <laughs> nice, actually. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, so. The uh, BBC actually banned Billie Holiday's version of the song from being broadcast as being detrimental to war- wartime morale, because she recorded hers in 1941, um, but allowed performances of instrumental versions. Um, however, there's little evidence of any uh, other Wait, radio bands. Billie Holiday's a girl? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Billie Holiday, yeah. I learned something new at 44 years old. I believe I've actually told that to you before, too, on this one. Yeah, I probably just forget it every time. I I, I should willfully try to not remember it when I leave your house today. So that the next time it ever comes up again, I could be just as, like, surprised. Yeah, yeah. Really? Billie Holiday, yeah. Billie Holiday was quite quite the successful female crooner back in the the day. Um, And uh, so, yeah, press reports in the 1930s associated at least 100 suicides, both in Hungary and the United States, with Gloomy Sunday. But most of the deaths supposedly linked to it are difficult to verify. The urban legend appears to be, for the most part, simply an embellishment of the high number of Hungarian suicides that occurred in the decade when the song was composed due to other factors such as, I don't know, famine and poverty. No studies have drawn a clear link between the song and suicide. So causation correlation. That kind of thing. I mean, you could also point to any other song on the radio at the time. You're like, Betty Goodman's, you know, Good Time Jumping Beans. Yeah. And then just be like, yeah. Good Time Jumping Beans committed suicide. 100 people committed suicide between the United States and Hungary. 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 Because of. Uh, yeah, you're right. Betty Goodman's Jumping Beans. birthday was out at that point in time. Yeah. You know? And, and it was like, it's, yeah, so it's a, ca- a causation correlation. Guess what? Maybe somebody was writing song, uh, songs about the crazy number of people committing suicide, not. To cause people to commit suicide. So that is my entry into this week's uh, Good Time Jumping Beans Hour. Let's do a cover of Gloomy Sunday. Your musical. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can... Uh, yeah. And the lyrics are already written. There, you don't there, have to do shit. There have been... Uh, there have actually been like... I mean, you have show. to do the com- compositions and the music. Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll find... I'll, I'll, get, I'll get an acapella version of uh, uh, Sir Billy Holiday's uh, version and see if I can go ahead and uh, kind of sample the shit They knighted her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they also thought she was a man. <laughs> oh, um, so where, where's your father? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Billy Holiday. Ironically, suicide. <laughs> didn't like my song so much or the fact that yeah, you know, I'm a girl yeah, he thought I was gonna be a boy gloomy Sunday that's my Billy Holiday impression pretty good it's just Eeyore gloomy Sunday <laughs> yeah really wish I hadn't made it so popular otherwise maybe more people would have lived I think oh. the big takeaway is Billy Holiday uh, racist against Hungarians and uh, took out a whole bunch of them musically yep, yep exactly even though it was 
Written by a Hungarian, I mean, and they didn't probably were not even aware of our. Version. We learned from the Pagolini movie that you can just take anyone and drag them through the fucking mud. So yeah. Billy Holiday in my movie is, is a man, is a man <laughs> played, by, played by a man at least. Well, it doesn't matter. Billy B B I L L Y. We yeah. make sure there's like a nameplate on a door at yes. one point, <laughs> just to really drive I, it home. I like I like the thought of you casting the movie before you knew that Billy Holiday was a woman and casting and a man. Casting a man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're off to a good start. <laughs> And then it's the story of how he vindictively wrote this to kill Hungarians. Like, it exactly. starts with him as a kid yeah. getting pushed in the mud by, like, a Hungarian, like, I don't know, person. Yeah, I, I was trying to give a profession, but I, that was 100 years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. back in the 1930s, Hungarian shoveler. I don't know what Hungarian, Hungarian shit shoveler. Yeah. Uh, Hungarian ditch digger. Wow, those professions are very depressing. Perhaps yeah. that's why they commit suicide. Yeah, that's right. And Billy Holiday's like, oh, you need a nudge? Listen to this. Yeah, God. Yeah, good old Billy Holiday. I want to um, see Billy Holiday like, play it on a violin in like a street corner. And then you just see like literally people jumping off buildings in front of them, smashing into the pavement. Someone walks out of a butcher shop, you know, the butcher, literally slits his throat with a carving knife just listening to it. Oh yeah, like like it literally <laughs> puts you in a trance and makes you commit suicide. I mean, honestly, it'd be kind of. I mean, a a, a movie about uh, music making you commit suicide is actually. I feel like there's got to be. And then we have like, like Winston that. Churchill, very young Winston Churchill, uh, who's a girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, is on the hunt for the evil Billy Holiday, who's just murdering people across the UK after Hungary. Yes, like they moved to the UK after. Yep. Yeah, young Winston Churchill, Billy Holiday hunter. Yep. Just to just tur- that's turning. A, that's a long title. Turning. Yeah, turning. this became a Winston Churchill movie, not a Billy Holiday yeah. movie. Yeah, and I, I, I like. I'm just assuming you're you're casting a white man in this role because I love the the thought of you t- turning a uh, an iconic black female into a white male murderer <laughs> in the yeah. UK, killing Hungarians. Yeah, it's gonna be like because uh, it's white racism. It's gonna be like yeah. Adam Driver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my casting for Billy Holiday. It's Adam Driver. Yeah. Oh man! And then Winston Churchill, um, uh, twenty years old, got a chip in his shoulder. You know, World War II hasn't started yet. Yep. Uh, black, black. <laughs> Before he turned himself white, did that yeah. Michael Jackson thing? Oh, there'll be a scene where he falls into like a Joker style vat of chemicals, what? and a white hand comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and then and then suddenly he's like, you know what? I want to stop World War II. Yep. Because <laughs> I can do it now that I'm white. Movie yeah. takes a hard left turn. Billy Holiday just continues killing people. Oh yeah, there's not there's nothing to do between the two of those people. Yeah. It's just a, a B story with Winston Churchill turning white and saving people from World War II, while Billy Holiday goes on her Hungarian his Hungarian murder streak. Oh, the last part of the movie is uh, Hitler in his bunker killing himself with a cyanide tablet while listening to Gloomy Sunday. Gloomy yeah. Sunday. Oh yeah, but being played by Billy Holiday, who's in the bunker with him. That's right. Like, so Billy Holiday actually won the war. That's how it turns out. Like, and Winston Churchill, but Winston Churchill just win takes all the credit. Yep, took all the credit. All the credit. And because really, you're not going to give Sunday. any credit to a white man. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 2022 America. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what political statement he's trying to make. Wait. This is either horrible or brilliant. It's fucking confusing I guess, and horrible. I guess I'm gaining some other knowledge from this, from what you said a moment ago. Billy... The original Billy Holiday, B I L L I E, correct, is born, black, born, black as well as born, woman. Born Eleanora Fagan, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought it was a white dude. Yep. Literally in my head, like like a bow tie and uh, like glasses like mine, but rounder like a, for the age. So just like essentially a Benny Goodman type character, you like, know. Like I think he was a Jewish man, like a chubby checkers, Goodman, you know, nerdy white. <laughs> <laughs> Short hair. Scott, could you please write down all the people? Who played music pre-1950 that you think are black? Well, they weren't allowed to, first of all. That's (laughs) a trick question. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, we'd start with Elvis because you know he well, I mean, stole their music. Well, he stole he stole music from other white men, of course, as <laughs> as Scott is, is wont to tell us. Yeah, <laughs> white men who could just dance better, and then uh, he decided to go ahead and yeah, um, yeah, and then it just white people just uh, black people just appeared doing music starting in like the what 1970s. I, I, Jimi I, Hendrix I, was I, the first one, probably. I just, I just got this one I didn't know. I did not know Billie <laughs> Holiday was a girl and black. Yes, I yep. really thought we were talking like. A like, white man with a like, bow tie? Like I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, bow tie glasses. Yeah. and glasses. Oh man, that is it's so funny because okay, just Google Billy Holiday and see how far and che- off and like checkered pants. Yeah, I just I I need. I see, I'm seeing checkered pants in my head. Yeah, yeah. I just I do love. Is it because you just said chubby checker? And now no, 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 no. I mean, there maybe, but no, yeah, no, no. So that's Billy Holiday, and that that doesn't fit your. Uh, 
That doesn't fit your what you thought in your nope. head? Nope. <laughs> I'm showing a picture of Billie Holiday uh, dressed to the nines in uh, in a nice dress. She looks fabulous. Yes, absolutely. And I'm embarrassed for not knowing. Yes. <laughs> also, it made, for, it's, it made it's, for a funny end of the show. It's, it's, so. it's, it got us to exactly to the perfect time to, uh. to, to call it that. And you know what? You, it's, it's, it's okay to be ignorant as long as you learn again and again and again and eventually get it right. Now, honestly, after this one, you definitely know. Even if you want to stay willfully ignorant of it, you're not going to be able to because you're just going to picture this white man with little checkered pants and a bow tie and go, no, that's not Billy Holiday. That's somebody else. It's B-I-L-L-Y Holiday that you're going to have in your movie, played by Adam Driver. Yep. Nothing like racist that. about that. Nope. <laughs> uh, fact, on that note, everybody... Uh, we'll be back with you next week doing yet another review episode. Scott's going to bring a fun uh, Thanksgiving movie to the table. I'll be uh, uh, writing before my, the holiday. Be writing my script this week for my uh, race flipped history of black music. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everyone in it's white. What, yeah. What do you mean I can't find a producer for that in 2022? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just like the Daily. Oh, I'm canceled. I'm canceled. Oh, okay. yeah, the, no, the Daily Beast wants to produce this. Okay, right. Um, or no, no, sorry, Daily Caller. That's what but Daily, who Wire, Daily cast Wire is. James Hendrix. The Daily Wire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna ask him, like, you know that Jimi Hendrix is black, right? So I knew he had a tan year round, but I think like know. a Frank Black could play him. Yeah, Frank Kellyendo. Yeah, yeah. Good. Frank yeah. Kellyendo <laughs> as James Hendrix. James Hendrix. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, on that note, everybody, get lost. Get lost. <laughs>